I would like to say rest in peace to all nine of the victims of the Astro Festival tragedy. It's um, really terrible. And uh, I'm just going to get into everything, but I wanted to start the podcast on um, on that note and everything. It's, it's very sad and shit. And um, yeah, it's a lot to unpack, but uh, we're going to get into it. So this podcast has been recorded in segments, as you're about to hear, so it's a little broken up. I'm going to include news clips, Travis's uh, response to the situation. I just want to send out prayers to the to the ones that was lost last night. We're actually working right now to identify the families so we can help assist them through this tough time. You know, my fans, my fans, like, my fans really mean the world to me, and I always just really want to leave them with a positive experience. And any time I can make out, you know, anything that's going on, you know, I, you know, I just stop the show and, you know, help them get the help they need, you know? Um, I could just never imagine the severity of the situation. Uh, we've been working closely. Uh, we've been working closely with everyone to just try to get to the bottom of this. The city of Houston, HPD, fire department. You know, everyone to, uh, you know, help us, help us figure this out. So if you, if you have any information, um, you know, please just contact your local authorities. Um, everybody, continue to just keep your prayers. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly just devastated, and I could never imagine anything like this just happening. And I'm gonna do everything I can to keep you guys updated and just keep you guys informed on what's going on. Um, love you all. Hey everybody, welcome to Chase Hawks Hip Hop. I'm just doing a quick introduction and everything before I get into the topic of the Travis Scott uh, controversy, the the deaths, the, the tramplings, everything that happened at the concert. Um, yeah, I'm going to break down Rolling Loud a little bit um, and just, just source, source through all the information, all the details, and I'll get into the nitty gritty. But uh, right now, you know, I just want to take a second to say thank you to all of my listeners. I really appreciate all the support. I want to say shout out to the Third Wheel Podcast Studio. And I want to update you guys and let you know that I'm preparing my next cycle of guests. And I'm making adjustments and I'm making plans as well. And major goals for 2022 is I want to extend the time of the podcast for most guests. Um, but right now I, I, I'm just trying to play catch up and, uh, bring on people who I want to have a conversation with, as well as people who have been on the show that I want to pay it forward to for, uh, helping me out and, uh, you know, just coming on the show early on. That's why I had Louie and Stevie and I brought on Mubarak. It was his first time on, uh, because these are people I really know. And then, uh, I recently got the treat of, uh, talking to Mickey Fax, who is a well-known legitimate you know, hip hop artist who has been out and about for a minute. Uh, he recently had a little bit of a dust up with Royce the Five Nine lyrically, but um, you know, so you you have that. I, I'll bring on the more established people. I'll bring on the people I know. I, I'm trying to do things a little bit more progressive, but um, I'm just letting you know I'm experimenting with the show. I'm gonna be dropping more audio podcasts probably for the rest of this month, and then the beginning of next month I'll crack into some guests and everything. Um, yeah, once again, you know, like I said, I'm going to get into this whole entire show, 
but I just want to really just drill this home and say thank you guys for listening. It really means the world to me. I'm just trying to create the best content, create the best show. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, like the toughest part is promoting it and everything. I'm doing my best. I want to put more time and money into that. But that's that's something that is slowly creeping right now. I'm just building my catalog slowly but surely. Um, eventually, I want to get the Chase Talks Hip Hop website going. But right now I have ChaseHill.net, which is doing good enough for me. So, you know, I'm just trying to let you guys know what I have in my horizons. I'm already I'm already working on plenty of music. I have a couple of tracks I'm going to be dropping this weekend. So my goal is I'll be dropping a track. I want to say I know I'm dropping a track Saturday and Sunday because these are like twin records that go together. But then I want to say I'll be dropping at least once a week. And if not that, every other week, you're going to be getting some music from me. Um, I'm already plotting, uh, scheduling my next music video, you know, and again, like, I'm just saying this mainly to remind myself. I know a lot of people probably don't care and that's okay as fuck, you know, but um, I'm, I'm really doing what I can to grind, to build all this up, get back to performing. Uh, I'm just, I'm 100% in the grind set, you know, as they say. But um, I've also been taking time to live life and deal with the things that matter, you know, just taking care of my body, staying athletic, staying strong mentally. You know, we, we all have to do these things, you know, just to just to maintain the highest level of performance. And uh, we just have to take care of ourselves. But um, yeah, enough of all this blabber blabber. I know that you really like it. I don't know. But um, I, I'm going to get into the show. You'll you'll hear me talk about that. Uh, everything regarding Travis Scott, the deaths, the injuries, um, all this crazy shit. I'll provide some context, some numbers, provide my opinion, and I'll try to see what the people think. But anyway, let's get right into it. Somebody in the tree, turn the lights on. Turn the lights on, turn the lights on. Make some noise for my boy right there, hanging in the tree right there. That's okay, we'll see you real quick. Chase me, let's do it. There are some people who were just laughing at those of us who were like screaming to get out because they thought it was funny and they're not realizing that this is terror. We're trying to get out of here. The crowd didn't start out that packed. There was space. We didn't sign up to come here for this. I was seeing two bodies laying down right behind me and uh, the whole time I was just thinking that they were passed out and then once the security guard was just right next to me talking to another security guard saying that he didn't have a pulse and that's when I knew something was really off. Hold on, don't touch him, don't touch him. I'm honestly just devastated and I could never imagine anything like this just happening. I just want to send out prayers to the to the ones that was lost last night. 
my fans really mean the world to me and I always just really want to leave them with a positive experience. And any time I can make out, you know, anything that's going on, you know, I, you know, I just stop the show and, you know, help them get the help they need, you know? Um, I could just never imagine the severity of the situation. A 22-year-old woman who attended the Astro World Festival in Houston has become the ninth person to die in the tragedy. An attorney handling her case said Thursday, Barty Shahani died on Wednesday night, said attorney James Lasseter. Shahani, a student at Texas A&M University, attended the concert with her cousin and her younger sister, according to her cousin, Mahit Balani. Shalani had, no, Shahani, sorry, had been on a ventilator in critical condition days after she suffered injuries at the concert, which was headlined by Travis Scott. This was her first music festival, our first music festival. She was looking forward to it. She had her outfits planned, said Namart, uh, Namradi Shahani, Bardi's younger sister. Bardi was the glue that held her family together, said attorney Mohammed Nabolsi at a news conference announcing, announcing her death. She was a first-generation child of immigrants, he said. Barty's sister said the concert served as her time just to have fun and let loose. For the first time in her life, she just wanted to have fun, and I was taken from her. Dozens of others were injured in a crowd surge at the music festival. A nine-year-old child was seriously injured, his family said, and is, a medical, and is in a medically induced coma. Why would they bring a nine-year-old to, to a Travis Scott show? Um... Survivors of the surge described scenes where many attendees were pressed together and at times unable to stay upright. Two high school students, an engineering student, and a man who is trying to save his fiance are among the Astro World Festival victims. Whoa. Damn. Uh, Brian Espinoza, who attended the concert with his brother Jonathan, said Wednesday he's had trouble sleeping since the tragic events unfolded. I saw people screaming in front of my face, just trying to fight for their lives, basically. Everyone's life was in danger, and I just saw people passed out, bodies on the floor. Just a lot of stuff you don't see on a daily basis. And what, what makes it even worse is you have nowhere to go. You're pretty much stuck in a sea of people. At one point, I thought I wasn't going to make it. Jonathan Espinosa told CNN's John Berman on Thursday that as he and his brother walked to get their ticket scanned, fans immediately bust down a fence. You have cops trying to stop them, but I mean, there's about 50 people that just break the fence down and immediately start running. When you start off poorly, when you start off poorly, I don't get how you would expect to finish with success, said Jonathan Espinosa. The event unraveled in chaos from the moment he and his brother arrived, he said. Fire official denied access to venue twice, Union says. The president of the Houston Professional Firefighters Association said Thursday the district fire chief, whose station was closest to NRG Park, stopped by the Astro World venue the morning of the concert, but was denied access twice. Hmm. 
According to Patrick Marty Langton, the district fire chief of Station 21 stopped by to walk through the venue to get a lay of the land ahead of Friday night's concert, something he said is normal. As with any big, large-scale event, he took a ride over and said, hey, let's check everything out. Langton said, in the city of Houston, a district fire chief is usually over three or four stations. When a response is requ- when a response is required in his area, he is the first to respond. He would be the one taking command if something happened and determine what resources are needed. According to Langton, the district fire chief was denied access at first by security. He requested to speak with the head of security, who also denied the district chief access. Langton said the district fire chief was given a map of the venue instead. CNN has reached out several times to Contemporary Services Corporation, who handled security for the event and has not heard back. Houston Fire Chief Samuel Pena backed up the claims that the district chief was not let in, but Pena went a step further, saying he'd like to see his teams be a part of the planning before the day of the event. Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, Excuse me. I do need the... Sorry, that was waiting. Jeez. Just skip that part. Uh, And I do need to have my people there in the planning and the contingency planning, Pena said. It's important for us to have a comprehensive plan that everyone understands. Langton said that the district fire chief was among some of the first Houston Fire Department personnel on the scene after four firefighters stationed inside the Orange parking lot became increasingly worried about the situation unfolding inside the venue. Let's see, the lack of professional emergency personnel at Astral World was absolutely a problem, Langton said. What what that really means is that whoever put the event on hired a third-party medical company to handle any emergencies that are happening on the inside, Langton said on CNN's Newsday. The Houston Fire Department had no command and controlled presence on this inside of the venue, but were nearby in a support role, he added. Sorry. Uh, Lincoln said the firefighters on scene asked the hired emergency personnel if they had radios and were given a list of cell phone numbers. He said the fact the logistical emergency strategy relied on cell phones, not radios, was problematic because seconds matter, communication matters. I don't know that cell phones are very reliable when you have 50 or 60,000 people, especially when you have people that are dying. He said firefighters were primarily monitoring, primarily, mo- primarily monitoring Houston Police Department radio traffic and noticed a growing tension from authorities on the ground. After not hearing any response over the radio to stated medical emergencies, the HFD personnel on standby chose to self-initiate a response. They took it upon themselves when they started to hear radio traffic and self-initiated the Houston Fire Department response and upgraded it to a mass casualty incident. Scott's attorney, attorney Edwin F. McPherson, released a statement Wednesday night blasting Houston city officials over the finger-pointing, quote-unquote, finger-pointing, inconsistent messages, and backtracking of statements seen and previously reported. 
at least 80 lawsuits filed over the Astral World tragedy. As investigators and attendees seek to know more about what caused the deadly crowd rush, a bevy of lawsuits are being filled in civil court on behalf of those at the show. At least 80 civil lawsuits have been filed in the Harris County District Court in connection to the disaster as of Thursday. Asking city officials, concert organizers, and performers how the concert was ultimately allowed to, how the how the concert was ultimately allowed to continue as people were dying in the melee. Police Chief Troy Finner said at a news conference Wednesday that the ultimate authority to end the show was with production and the entertainer, and that should be through communication with public safety officials. We don't hold the plug, he said. Authorities have said uh, first responders began to receive word of injuries in the crowd around 9.30 p.m., and the show continued for another 40 minutes. Finner claims their investigation has revealed police uh, has revealed police personnel told the production team in charge of the performance that CPR was underway on at least one individual and to stop the show. Fenner did not specify who the production team is or the timing of the notifications. Questions have also been raised regarding the actions of Live Nation. Oh shit, yeah, that's not looking good. The show's promoter and organizer, as well as Scott, who has maintained he did not know what was happening in the crowd during the set. In a related article, Travis Scott covers funeral costs of Astroworld victims. If the lights would have been turned on, if the promoter or the artist called for that, it would have chilled the crowd. Who knows? Who knows what the outcome would have been? But everybody in that venue, starting from the artist on down, has a responsibility for public safety. Yet, representatives of Scott are disputing characterizations made by city officials of his responsibility in the surge. McPherson released a statement Wednesday blasting Houston city officials over the finger-pointing. I think I already read that. Sorry about that. Um, In a 56-page operations plan obtained by CNN this morning, a clear chain of command in case of an incident was laid out, identifying the role of the executive producer as well as the festival director as the only individuals with authority to stop the concert. The PDF obtained by CNN is marked version 0.1, and it is unclear whether it was the final version of the plan and when it was drafted. Here's what the operations plan for Astral World included and didn't include. Nah, nah, nah. It was reported that the operations plan designated that only the festival director and executive producers have authority to stop the show, neither of which is part of Travis's crew, McPherson said in the statement. McPherson also noted Finner's comments on Saturday that authorities had concerns over the show stopping early due to potential rioting from concertgoers. Former Baltimore Mayor Stephanie Rawlings-Blake who, has intro- who was introduced to Scott by a mutual friend, told CNN's Aaron Burrett that Scott is absolutely devastated at what happened at the festival. His heart is bleeding for his fans, she said. Uh, speaking from Houston, Rawlings Blake said that she spent over four hours with Scott on Wednesday and is working with him to ensure that they are speaking with the city administration and the, and the promoters. Dun, dun, dun. We're doing everything we can do in his in his power to make sure that no fan ever loses their life at another concert. We're doing everything that he can do in his power. To, he is angry. He is upset that this happened. She said, adding, "I think the finger pointing is just it is unproductive. He is at his he at his heart wants to reach out to the families. He also wants to reach out and make sure that something like this never happens again." 
investigation will take weeks, possibly months. Fender said at Wednesday's news conference that it was too early to say for sure that charges would be filled over the disaster, filed over the disaster, but said investigators were not going to leave any stones unturned. The investigation into the crowd rush will take weeks, possibly months, he said. The chief clarified earlier reports and said there was no evidence a security guard at the festival had received a, dr- a drug-laced in- injection, that's weird, but rather was struck in the head and knocked out unconscious. And despite Finner saying Wednesday that an independent investigation is unwarranted, Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo, uh, Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo may direct uh, a potential third party to do so. It always takes me a second to catch these names. Sorry about that. What happened to Astroworld this week weekend was a horrific tragedy, and the families of victims deserve answers. There may well be criminal liability, and that is why we continue to fully support the Houston Police Department's criminal investigation, said Rafael Lemaitre, communication director of Hidalgo. At the same time, Harris County continues its process of identifying a separate independent third party to look into any operational or administrative steps beyond anything criminal. That would have been taken to prov- that that could have been taken to prevent this from happening. Okay. So, with all of the context, the article, the I put the article, news clip, the response, and so now I'm just kind of going to break everything down through my point of view. Um, Astro Festival was a complete, utter, like, failure and a shit show, and it's very depressing because there's no reason that nine people are dead at a fucking concert, at a, I mean, it's a recreational event, and it's very sad and depressing because... It's, it just, this is so preventable. This is something that is very much preventable if people just have good conscience enough to pay attention. And just judging off all the evidence, you know, and before this podcast is over, I'm, I'm gonna make sure to go through the story of every person we lost. But really, I'm taking this time just to give you my analysis. And I just feel like all of this was preventable and it's not my job to cast blame. That's not what I'm going to do. But Travis's response very much seemed half-hearted. And it didn't really... It didn't really... It just doesn't add up. If you give a shit, you really wouldn't apologize like that. It just seemed half-assed. But um, that's my opinion at the end of the day. But this thing that happened is very much preventable. All this evidence I've gone over. <laughs> I, this is an outdoor podcast. Um... Anyway, but just getting down to this shit, if there is a rhyme or reason and this shit happens, it, I don't know, it, it really is unnecessary. I think this is a, a step backwards for music festivals, it's a step backwards for concerts, and it just doesn't help anybody, and it sucks. It's very sad that the participants of a concert, some people go in to see their first show ever, and they lose their life, or they... They see a bunch of trauma, and it's a very fucked up thing. 
Um, yeah, but there is definitely a, a responsibility on somebody. And it just depends like who's going to take it. And for me, I, I just I just think like there's a there's a clear connection that Travis should have been paying a better attention, paying better attention, and that the the crowd got out of control. But there is there should have been better efforts to maintain that control. It just really was a waste of time. But um, I know my whole entire like thing about that. Astro Festival is it, it seems like it got off to the wrong foot because there didn't seem to be enough control of the situation as is because when you're not being mindful of the fact that these are I don't know how many people were there just a shitload you have I don't know let me just in the ballpark what a hundred thousand more definitely more than that um, very crazy amount of people in one place you, you really got to do something, right? And uh, sorry if I'm fucking up the numbers on that. Again, I'm going to be getting down to those details even further in the show. But it's disappointing that something like this would happen. And it again, it's a tragedy. It's very much a tragedy. It's not good for hip-hop. It's not good for anybody. It's not good for the families of the people um, who died. It's not good for anybody who attended it just is all around shit show and we gotta just be honest about what it is and I'm just a dude walking doing this shit you know just really trying to give you give you a different experience out here but um I don't know I don't know I just I'm really perplexed by the situation and uh I'm not gonna try to nail Travis to a cross or anything that's not my place but there is definitely a I don't know I got it's the response was really weird and off-putting but you know that's just me but I think that it's all about how you react to a situation. I feel like his reaction was half-hearted. But who am I? What, what do I know? But um, that's up for you to decide, too. You know, I'm not just saying this to spout like I'm right. That's not what it is. But this whole entire situation is a tragedy. And you, you can't exactly act like you just got a call from your publicist and go from there. It just it didn't make sense, you know. But um, it, this is just... A complete all-around conundrum. It sets a lot back, and it doesn't really propel. It doesn't. It doesn't propel that festival forward. And since it's post-COVID, this is going to give. I think this could give lawmakers an excuse to maybe even um, crack down on shows and festivals unnecessarily. So this only opens up a window for issues now because people are going to overcompensate on both ends. You know, so you don't want that to happen. Whenever there's overcompensation, that's when fucking crazier shit can happen. Because now it's, it's a game of, oh, I can top you. Now, um, getting down to it, Astro Festival was very sad. And uh, I'm just going to get into a segment where uh, I just uh, talk about the people who uh, passed away. It's a very sad thing. And uh, I just want to, you know, just give my condolences to their families and say, rest in peace. God bless their souls. And I'm just going to read this article. And again, I'll leave links to everything I've read.
All right, so I got the list right here. I want to say rest in peace to Franco, Franco Patino, as well as John Hilgert, Brianna Rodriguez, Rudy Pena, Danish Beg, Jacob E. Jurinek, Axel Acosta, Madison Dubisky, Barty Shahani, yeah, so that that's um, let's take a moment of silence. God bless them. Rest in peace. And you know, I think that this is an experience where we should take take something away from this. <clears throat> you know, it's a it's a tragedy because this stuff doesn't happen really. Like there have been festivals for a long time, and at least to my knowledge, I can't think of an incident where nine people just died. And if I'm ignorant to some major thing, then please, you know, let me know. But there is something strange to nine people dying at a music festival. And I don't know, I feel like regulations are tight enough post-COVID. So I don't know how this is going to affect the general landscape for other artists and people trying to perform. But it's a lot to take in. I think that there is a lot we could do to improve. And this is just my opinion on everything. And... Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, this last clip I'm going to play by uh, Lupe Fiasco will like really explain maybe a change that could be implemented, ideally, because I don't know there's something wrong if like, this shit is happening. There's definitely something wrong with the overall atmosphere. But um, yeah, let's uh, get into it. And then in this podcast, everybody have a good day. Thank you for listening. This has been a great, great time. And this is Chase Talks Hip Hop. Have a great day. Yo, yo, what up? Lupe Fiasco here. Don't change the channel. I'm talking about you're watching Distortion to Static. You dig? Stay tuned. So uh, one thing you always shout out is first and fifteenth. You know, just uh, you know, let them know what that's all about. Uh, first fifteenth, FNF up all day. Uh, first fifteenth is my entertainment company. Started back in two thousand one with my partner Chili. Um, started as just like a little production company. Went on to be a full on record label. Now we do publishing, FNF publishing, FNF studios. Got a roster of artists: Jim Stone, Sarah Green, Matthew Santos, and myself, and a producer soundtrack. Um, you know, trying to make it happen. Yeah. So, so it's been a minute since we had you last on the show, man. Um, just briefly, you know, like what's new with you, man? Um, working, man. Fresh off, always fresh off a tour from somewhere. Um, just finished putting together the new album, The Cool, in stores December 18th. Um, just working on that, promo runs, things of that nature, fashion stuff, putting that stuff together. Yeah, well, you mentioned fashion. I hear you got a clothing line coming out? Yeah, I got a brand out of, um, we got a design company called Righteous Kung Fu. Well, we do like um, art and album covers, and so one of the things we do is fashion, and the fashion brand is called Trilly and Truly. So we're doing a bunch of collabs with different people like Swagger, Dr. Romanelli, Maharishi, Greedy Genius, different stores and stuff like that. So yeah, a lot of stuff coming. Actually, one collab called Fall of Rome comes out in December, and a sneaker we did with Greedy Genius comes in December too. Yeah, we were just recently talking about the whole streetwear culture and how it's exploded and its relation to hip-hop and its influence. Um, you want to talk a little bit about streetwear culture and kind of your role in that? Um, well, streetwear culture was birthed out of, like, skate culture, you know, like, back in the day. Um, and some of the early brands like Fresh Jive and Stussy. 
Um, but now it's like a bunch of new kids, you know, Crooks and Castles and different people. Actually, really, for me, it really kind of was blowing up like in 2000, you know what I'm saying, from 2000 to now when it really just started getting crazy. Um, and for me, I just became like a, I don't want to say ambassador, you know what I'm saying, but I, I kind of was... I kind of found myself in the faces of the owners of the companies and the, some of the some of the leaders of the culture, you know, from like Hiroshi Fujiara to 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 Keith Huffnagel to um, just different like different people. Uh, Russ from SSUR and actually um, people run Cooks and Castles different places. So I kind of knew everybody from some way or another, meeting, bumping into them. Um, you know, I just became the the guy. For, for some reason in music they really understood it they really knew it they really researched it really understand it really knew who the big players was um, and could articulate it you know and I guess I became the bridge I guess in hip hop okay um, let's talk you know a little bit of history um, you're known for you say you grew up to a, a little bit more I guess ignorant type hip hop you know like uh, I don't know you said 3-6 Mafia stuff like that but you became more of a conscious type MC you know how did that happen I don't want to say conscious. Everybody's conscious. I think became more of a positive MC. Um, I guess it was just the the the. I got I, I rapped for so long about everything that I could about being in the streets and being in the hood and whatever. And I'm the type of person where I never want to do the same thing twice. So by default, I had to talk about other things. But then it went on, on a more serious note. It was you know you actually saw the effects of what I was putting out into the world. And I didn't want that. This was before I kind of blew up. And it was like, I didn't want that to be my, my brand name, you know, violence and, 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 and negativity. Because that comes back to you a thousandfold in this world and in the next world. So it was more just to, to take the responsibility to make sure that what I was saying was positive and, and nutritious, so to speak, for the shorties out there. Now, I understand. I read somewhere that you're trained in martial arts. Is that true? Four black belts. Um, my father just passed. Rest in peace. He was a um, grandmaster, taught martial arts for like 40 years. Got like eight eight different black belts and umpteen different styles, things of that nature. So, you know, he taught us since we was babies. Okay. Okay. What, what, what styles is it? Um, everything. Literally everything from Tai Chi to Capoeira to Taekwondo to, to karate to ninjutsu to just judo to Aikido to everything. Everything. So will we ever see Lupe in some mixed martial art competition? Ah, uh, nah, I don't like fighting. Nah, you don't like nah, that's one thing martial arts do. Martial arts kind of it teaches you more conflict management, how to evade conflict as opposed to going in it. Prepare yourself when it comes, you know. But it's more about the discipline of it, disciplining yourself, not using what you learn, you know. All right, so uh, the first song I heard off the new album is "Dumb It Down." Um, and you're speaking out a lot about, you know, how artists dumb down their music to get radio play, etc. Um, first off, maybe explain that song and kind of go off and, and let me know, like, how you're feeling about today's hip-hop music. Um, well, Dumb It Down was originally a song called Space Traveling. The hook was like, space, space traveling, you dig? Um, and I wrote the verses because it was the first song I wrote in a long time. So it was just like... a. a Blah, all the lyrics and everything that I backed up so it was super complex super deep and really intentional I didn't care if anybody got it because I knew that my fans my true fans would would break would start breaking it down you know what I'm saying they would go and, and they love the lyrics and love the, the 15 different metaphors explaining one thing they love that stuff um, but what happened what happened was my man um, was like yo 
why don't you put a different hook on it? You know, I don't like the hook, put a different hook on it. So I was like, he's pretty influential in the music that I make. So I was like, all right, cool. So he was playing in the studio. I was like, dumb it down, dumb it down. Then we just start coming up with different anecdotes and instances where people were like, yo, you should dumb it down. And it went from just like dudes in the hood who didn't really like my music or who didn't understand the music. And I was like, man, you be using too many words, man. You need dumb, you know what I'm saying? All the way up to like the quote unquote man, you know what I'm saying? In, in the office, talking about, yo, Lupe, you, you, you know, these kids are starting to get a little, they starting to get a little self-confidence. You need to dumb that down, you know? So just, just, just to make the little statement, not too serious, you know? So how about your, your take on, on today's hip hop and what you do here on the radio? How do you feel about most of the stuff? Um, you know, some of it is, some of it is, like the music, the quality of the music is subpar. You know what I'm saying? It's not even what they're talking about. It's not even the beats. You know, it's not even like the artists. It's not even how they dress. It's the music is subpar. The way all that stuff comes together, it just doesn't click. Um, like you can't compare it to other forms of music. You know what I'm saying? And it'll stand. You can't compare it to jazz. You can't compare it to rock. You can't compare it to stuff where people actually take their time. You know what I'm saying? And, and actually try and put some musical kind of thought in what they do. So that's one that's one situation. And then on the other side of things, you know, radio is a different monster. You know what I'm saying? Radio is not radio shouldn't dictate the music. And that's what happens. I I'm a firm disbeliever in the medium that you push your music through dictating how the music's a sound because it's not that's not how it's supposed to go down. The music it the the music supposed to come from the artist and how he feels and his personal experiences and even even him wanting to entertain someone. You know what I'm saying? It ain't even that you gotta put a bunch of positive things into the world. Just even if you're just going for for pure entertainment. And then the people who play it, they play it. You know what I'm saying? The DJs they play it. You know the the TV stations play it. The, the video channels play it. But it got to a point where it was like they started to dictate what they were wanted to what they wanted to play and what they wasn't going to play and it wasn't dictated on it wasn't dictated on uh being vulgar or being explicit you know what i'm saying it was it was dictated on on like the opposite it was like yo that's that's too smart you know what i'm saying like or you know that beat is too hard or it's too you know it's not light enough it's too you know so for me it is what it is if if radio is a business that's out to 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 sell commercials to sell you things you know they they're a tool for companies to sell you products and the music is the commercials to get you there so as long as that music that they play gets the 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 audience that those companies want Yahoo and Burger King and all that stuff then it works you know what I'm saying it works if 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 that's what the if that's what the if they target 14 to 20 year olds or 14 to 24 year olds and that's all they target then that's that's radio so it's it's on you to be like to understand what the institution is and be like that's not a real place to hear good music you know what I'm saying maybe it's over here maybe it's at your house maybe it's where it always been maybe it's you on iTunes picking your songs you know Okay, so so um, you know, radio has that kind of agenda of like the type of stuff they're gonna play. Then, um, how is it that Lupe Fiasco is getting on the radio then? Cause Lupe, Lupe Fiasco went back as a businessman mm-hmm. and was like, and that's still this, and it's still not as cut and dry as that. You still got people, you know, you got people like 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 Vaughn and Funkmaster Flex and different people, um, like Vaughn up at KML and different people that play like that'll go back and play the new current and put it up against the old and put it up against this and give you a nice mixture, you know, of music. And it actually be good. Like, you sit down and listen to his mix show and be like, yeah, that's fresh, you know. Um, but for me, I was like, how do I crack that? 
how do I get into that? How do I infiltrate that with goodness? You know what I'm saying? And it was like, oh, you got to dress it up. You know, you got to dress it up. You got a secret agent style and put on this, the, the, the hat and the, 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 the raincoat and the glasses and sneak in between the different songs. You know, and whether that be make sure this hook is poppy or make sure this beat is a little less this, you know. But still, don't sacrifice your lyrics. You know what I'm saying? But just dressing in fashion is, 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 I find it like very exciting and a challenge to be like, how can I take this concept, this weird ass concept, dress it up and make it work for the masses or make it work for radio without them even knowing it? And it'd be working. I'm not mad at it at all, man. Um, you, so you mentioned my man Vaughn. You were on the radio. Uh, um, is Lupe after a, a liquor sponsorship? Or what? Patron, the anti, the anti Patron. <laughs> yeah, I'll take an anti Patron deal. You know what I'm saying? I'll take that. Now, honestly, I'm I'm a staunch kind of, like, I won't perform at venues where it's sponsored by alcohol. I can't escape, you know, if we perform in the club and they serve alcohol there. But if it's, like, an alcohol-sponsored tour and things of that nature, I won't do it. And, like, butt light tours and things of that nature, I don't do it because I firmly disbelieve alcohol just from being Muslim. Um, but then seeing what alcohol has done in my community, it's not, alcohol is whack. You know what I'm saying? Like, outside of crack and different things like that, the next thing you're going to hit is is alcohol. You know, and to me, I, I just don't rock with it. But, you know, I'll, I'll make fun of it. <laughs> I'll write songs about it. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right, let's talk about the new album, man. Features, production, what you got going on with that? Uh, the bulk of the album is my man Soundtrack. Um, same kid who did Kick Push on production. He did like 10 records. He did the single Superstar. Um, I got Snoop Dogg on there, Patrick Thump from Fall Out Boy. Um, my people, I did an intro on the first album. People was like, yo, why don't you rap over the intro? The beat was raw. So those producers who did the intro came and did like three records called then Chris and Drop. Um, I got the first 15th crew, Jim Stone, Sarah Green, Matthew Santos. Um, and basically the album picks up from a song on the first album called The Cool, which was produced by Kanye, um, which is about this hustler who get killed, come back to life, dig himself out of his grave, goes back to his old neighborhood, gets robbed by these two kids who... who Coincidentally robbing with the same gun he got killed with They ask, they, they ask him a question They're like, yo, are you scared? And he says, hustle for death, no heaven for a gangster And the song cuts off So what I did was on this album I took that storyline very lightly, very subtly And expanded it, you know what I'm saying? Dressed up the album with it um, Introduced two new characters A character called The Streets A character called The Game um, Which I like the physical, walking, talking if if the streets, when people say, you know, they run in the streets, you know, they out there in the streets, what does the streets look like? The, the streets is calling me. What is What does that look like? Um, and same thing with the game. You know what I'm saying? What is the quote-unquote game, the pimp game, the hustle game? Did it for the game, whatever. Um, so I bought those characters to life, kind of put them in this little storyline. But I made it real light. You know what I'm saying? I only did it on like four or five songs, you know, and there's 19 records on the album. So it's like the rest of the album is, is more about, like, honestly, stuff that I think is cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think... Paris and Tokyo are cool, so I did a song called Paris Tokyo. You know, I think the rappers in Houston are the coolest rappers, like just personable, you know, humble dudes. So I did a song about a rapper in Houston. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that was kind of the format for it. talked about current events, thing that went on, the controversy, the scandal, everything else. So, you know, it's a pretty colorful, heavy album. Definitely looking forward to it, man. Um, so if people want to know what's up with Lupe and, and how we could keep up to date and what's going on with you, how can they do that? Um, MySpace.com/LupeFiasco LupeFiasco.com uh, There's a fan site News site It's pretty dope LupeTheFiasco.blogspot.com um, You know Hit me up I'm out there Come check me out at a show You dig? Do that You won't be disappointed Alright Other than your websites What are the websites That you constantly go to? Uh, News.bbc.co.uk It's the BBC News Junk Online I check that Religiously 
um, HypeBeast.com and HasnaBody.com, two street websites, and SlamX Hype, which is another street website. Um, I try to stay off the hip-hop blogs and, 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 and jumps like that, but always okay player. Um, and is that it? Is that all I check on the internet? Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Cause and effect, water and shifts, it moves in the red, weaving in patterns, right to the left, coming in clutch like I paid off some debt, with the ace in my pocket, I stacked with the deck, buried under floorboards, over your head, I love you my lady, over the pain, over the under, under this rain, drip on your scalp, hand run through your braids, Microdose, I might not do it for me, I won't do it for me, I need it all here where I need it to be, lost in the sky while I walk in the sea, yeah.